Good evening, everybody, and welcome to a fairly queer podcast. My name is Sam. And I'm Jeremy. And thank you for joining us today. Um, as we film this today, what's today's date? I don't even know. It's August 13th. Uh, this is actually the day that we first uploaded our first episode to iTunes and uh, iTunes and Spotify. They are currently being processed, so if you are listening to this episode in the future, thank you for making it to episode four. We really appreciate it. Uh, Jeremy, can you get off your Instagram for a second so you can join us in the podcast today? Sam, how dare you hold me accountable for my Instagram and social media use? Oh, this is a perfect segue to, and that wasn't set up at all either. This is a perfect segue to talk about our topic today, which is dun 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 dun. Well, it is queer visibility. So I'm just going to lay this out like a fairy tale for you. What I would like to discuss in this episode is queer visibility taking us down the road to social media, media, propaganda, influence, and then we move around to queer voices, present, past, and future, the silence and the power of voices that we have heard, that have moved us, and that we ourselves have. So that's how I'm going to roll, Sam. So what do you think we should start with? What is something that's on your mind? Well, I actually think it would be nice to start with just our personal relationship with social media. Sure, Sam. It has been quite a journey for me because um, I consider Instagram in this bizarre way to be my office space. I communicate with friends lovers, loved ones, possible collaborators, through direct messaging, through um, poking around in different areas. I'm interested in becoming a sound healer. I'm interested in different kinds of public speaking work and inspirational work. So like I do research through Instagram, but also I get into Instagram wormholes where what I um, controversially, now Sam, I am saying this controversially, controversially, there is my tongue, controversially call pretty it's. My goodness, they're so pretty, but I'm worried that if I go and try to have a business meeting with someone that they, they aren't going to know what to say, that they're kind of just like, you know, media facades that a, a bunch of puppets are working behind. Now remember, third time's a charm. Controversial, not quite fair, which is... Probably a little bit butt-hurting for some folks, but I just need to put that out there because it frustrates me. So you're frustrated. I think another term with that would be like thirst-trapped mo- thirst trap models, that type of thing. People on social media that might be projecting, I don't know, like a salacious image to uh, advertise fit tea as opposed to putting anything of substance out into the world. Yes. That's a harsh way of putting it, but I think that is a reality that we live in. The Kim Kardashians and the social media influencers of the world, you know, uh, they don't always have anyone's best interest at heart or are trying to put something out that's inspiring or even informative. It's mostly just to make a quick buck advertising uh, gummy vitamins. Sure. Now, I myself have taken gummy vitamins and... um... Ooh, are you on Sugar Bear Hair? How's it going for you, Jeremy? (laughs) 
Sam, it, it, it's been about a year since I took gummy vitamins. They were a nice way of trying to convince myself that I wanted something both sweet and that would um, bring health and wellness to me. See, I got to stay away from gummy vitamins because here's the thing. Oh, here's what thing, Sam? Here is the thing. They're delicious and squishy and lovely. And if I have a can of gummy vitamins, I will eat like 15 of them. And it's just not the way to live your life. No, the confusion that both adults and others can feel when they are uh, uh, confronted with something that seems to be both healthy. And and, candy. And candy. There's sugar in those vitamins. So that kind of gets to the point. Like, it's a very cool metaphor, actually, Sam, because... While I may have my subconscious um, woes and projections about prettyets, I do think it is a concerning aspect to being evolved queers. Not every queer person we know is wanting to evolve their consciousness. Not every queer we know is trying to save or better the earth or, or uplift their communities. But the nice thing about being queer is that we have a history of really feeling empowered to speak out. So that is my, what do we call that, the, the foreshadowing to a future chunk of this episode. But it just, it concerns me and it kind of saddens me that a, a lot of our community can be just as distracted by something that they don't really get anything enriching or nourishing from. On that token, though, it's not just because, you know, we've been critical and we've had conversations about this too privately, you know, critical of those types of influencers, but it's the consumer too that is at fault because we are consuming this type of media. You know, we talked earlier about the fact that I, you know, occasionally indulge in a little bit of you know, internet drama through like, you know, drama channels on YouTube. And that's, you know, probably not the most healthy place to put my time, but it's a reality that we live in right now. A lot of people consume sort of, I don't know, mindless media rather than something enriching. Yeah. So I think it's a a double-edged sword. It's people that are producing the content, but it's also people that are putting their attention towards that content. Yeah. Well, the choice is the power, and the power is the choice. So taking responsibility, and I appreciate folks' honesty about visual titillation. But as a queer adult, you know, the, the youth, the queer youth, the queer adjacent youth, in compassion and love, like, we're all going to go for what sparkles us or makes us feel like we want to be like something and we model and imitate when we're young. And that's real and that's okay. Um, As an adult, though, I feel that if we don't responsibly have some sort of broadcasting message and community that says, you know, that's there, but but if you have concerns about it, please, we also do, so please come to the fire with us and we can show another way. We can talk about it. We can help uh, clarify the confusion and the distraction to something like, oh, you're ready for the next level? Yeah, please, let's come to the next level. So that brings us to just like 
a bigger issue. You're talking about like it being a reality, but a reality is also a choice. You know, we can make choices to put ourselves into a scenario where we are around like-minded folks and we have like-minded um, goals. And I guess it, it can kind of wiggle around to, well, if the goal is, is really nothing terribly um, either elevating, profound, or nourishing, then that's a choice. But the reality isn't always what it seems. Right, and the reality that we're living in right now is that we have, you know, a reality. This expands so much farther than just queer culture, of course. We have a reality TV star that's president of the United States. Uh, Reality TV shows are extremely popular, you know, people are titillated and enjoy just the whole spectacle of it all. You know, people love watching a train wreck. If there's a car crash on the side of the street. You're going to stop and watch it. You know, that's just human nature. It's is going it, at, Well, yes, it is. But sometimes you need to go against what might be your nature to do something that's better for yourself or better for society. You know, it's... I'm trying to think of, like, a, a good, like, evolutionary perspective of why that would be nature but i can't think of something so i'll probably cut this part no we don't have to cut this part we had a private conversation that like as a driver who's driven in la a bunch people get pulled over all the time and there's no rhyme or reason to la traffic which is why there's two things to do you can brush up on technology and see where there's traffic Um, kerfluffles and move out of the way and then there's like well what's the nature of this oh is it a crash you know are people literally uh gawking at and eyeballing at some sort of thing or or are people just distracted by some weird thing around them traffic can literally be caused by no important thing but a bunch of people just paying attention to something and slowing it down so that's that's a little bit more of my my point that we have a dynamic where I I am I'm pressing the gas a bit on my queer adulting role and I feel like it's in my heart to have a responsibility but again like I'm not trying to proselytize it's trying to be a perfect person it's the mistakes we make and we also talked about this a bunch in our time together it's the mistakes that we make that help us like really accelerate a learning curve so what i am maybe a little righteous about may also be the the perfect path for someone to go through a cycle of learning right yeah i suppose i don't know maybe i'm just a little bit more cynical than you (laughs) and maybe i just i just know that things can change if we just turn our eyes away and don't follow people and don't don't engage all i can think of right now is that like a native american saying that we choose which wolf we feed we choose which wolf we feed attention is magic Uh, likes are magic Uh, follows are magic people feel a sense of importance with whatever they do and it's just like I know this is a bit of a wonky bit of wild, wild semi-logic, but things can get a lot of views. But until we um, break open the uh, archives and the the analytics of who is 
creating hundreds of thousands and millions of followers. Who are these people? Do they have a decent sense of themselves? Do they love themselves? Do they do they develop themselves? Are they just angry kids with with a long leash and plenty of time on the internet? You know, like these are things that are being really deeply discussed right now. But in my adulthood, I want action points. So like the easiest thing to do is just like that weird Bible story where like everyone turned turned away as something happened, but the one woman um, refused to turn away and she turned to a pillar of salt. You know, it's a, probably a very weird example, but like we can always choose to say no. That's our power of choice, you know, Sam? So... So, yeah, I mean, I guess that would be, so I'll pose a question to you then. For someone, say, I don't know, coming of age, middle school, high school, who's probably heavily engrossed in Cyberland, cyberland. (laughs) all they drink is diet, Coke, 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 Coke. So, um, like, what would your advice be for someone that was like wants to disconnect or fight the addiction because I think we can both agree that glowing white rectangles are <laughs> a pan, an epidemic that is plaguing all of society now where people can't stop scrolling and are they validated by likes and you know it's just just the action of being on your phone having a phone in your hand and being connected at all times is it's like you know having a fucking like extra like set of balls, you know, it's part of your body now. Oh, well, an extra set of something, Sam, right? Yeah. I, I want it to be very clear that there's a really special place in my heart for queer youth and queer adjacent youth and, and young people. It's, it's just a weird thing about like the rites of passage of adulthood. So I came from an over uh, protective uh, environment, so I have to be careful not to be overprotective, but to like queer youth that are like, I'm overwhelmed by like thirst traps and people who seem cool, but I don't know if they're like, or they've really got it or whether this is a role model or like not even that much thinking. It's like, wow, so many, so many visions of queerness. So much fashion, so much product, so much, oh, if you want to be like me, this, that. And I just want to say this kind of chicanery has been going on for a while now. You have the right to unplug as much as you want. Nature, your friends, your loved ones are there for you. Um, Take a day off, take a week off. You know, if you if you aren't a full blown business person, business queer creature, and you're not in the middle of projects or in the middle of a business deal, let's all give ourselves one, three, seven days off from this glowing rectangular <laughs> eye of Sauron. You know, <laughs> it is. It's like the thing we have such trouble looking away from because we do feel a certain sense of connection, a certain sense of community, but that certainness is dictated by this easy, convenient technology. So here's the thing. <gasps> Hashtag Sam. 
So what's the thing? It's this is the thing. So uh, there's um, a certain school of thought that talks about addiction and how addiction is n- the opposite of addiction is not sobriety. The opposite of addiction is connection. And when people cannot find connection, they will choose to connect to substance. They will choose to connect to, I don't know, World of Warcraft. They'll choose to connect to Instagram. They'll choose to connect to all of these things. There's actually a study, which I'm sure that you're familiar with, with the rats, where they had two water uh, spouts. One was laced with heroin, and the other one was just regular water. And when the mouse was alone, it would always go to the heroin one because it was bored and it didn't feel connection. But when those mice had lots of, there was a bunch of mice in a big cage, and they could play with toys and balls and run on hamster wheels and have sex whenever they wanted, they almost never drank from the laced water. And that's how I feel about social media addiction. People are not connected. They're feeling disconnected from their community and their society and their friends and family. So they seek out these uh, sort of what seems like an easy fix. And, oh, I can just go on my phone and look at my friends or look at people that I think are my friends, which, by the way, these social media influencers, I know it's their job to make you think that they're your friends so they can sell you fit tea. They're not your friends. Tea. You know, that is the fucking tea. <laughs> <laughs> tea, 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 tea. I just spilled Hot the scalding tea. tea. Yeah, thank you, Sam. It, it's important, and you know, like uh, the clever <laughs> descriptions of our podcast um, include the word counterculture, and just because. Um, it's counterculture doesn't mean I'm just going to espouse silly hippy-dippy, woo-woo. Some of it may be construed as such, but Sam, you're making a very valid point that balance is required. Balance is fundamental. Knowing when we're going into a place of neediness because of isolation, because maybe we've been used to a lot of, you know, touch-and-go, you know, uh, quick quick fix to quick fixes to relationships to connection like i've told stories that like when i go out and have fun and maybe stay up late at some wonderful queer queer run party whatever i do there i mean to continue the connections if i have an amazing dancing time or an amazing conversation with someone that like i want to keep i want to keep that connection Keeping and cultivating connections is what technology is supposed to do, but sometimes there are weird things from technology and from us that kind of reroute and distort that. So it's just really being conscious, aware, and intentional about the things we use, whether it's a saw or whether it's Instagram. You got to be focused and know when you're ready for it, know how to use it, and know when it's done, you know? Yeah, I agree. It's really important to disconnect, and it's just also important not to just go down the rabbit hole, you know, moderation. And I'm, like, not the poster child of this at all. You know, I spend a lot of time on my phone, 
And honestly, it's just a time suck. The memories that you have and are building in your life, they're not going to be about when you were scrolling through Instagram looking at a million pictures of horses, though that is pretty fun. You know, it's going to be about the time that you spend with your friends and family, going to water parks, having fun, going on walks, having sex, you know, eating good food, playing board games. That's what you should. I mean, I'm not going to tell you what to do. You can do whatever you want, (laughs) but I'm sure you understand our dear listeners what I mean when I say life is built of memories and memories are not made through a glass screen. Yeah, absolutely, Sam. I'm so glad you have put it that way. It's mostly just a matter of being conscious, being intentional. And I would like to maybe take a break, Sam. What do you think? Yeah, I need to check uh, my Instagram. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for this very intense, but I think very helpful foray into like sorting these things out. Why don't we take a break? Um, Ours will be longer than the actual time-space continuum, and we will see you (laughs) in just a few moments, everyone. Thank you so much for going on this journey with us. More in just a moment. Bye. Ah, welcome back, lovely doves and magical unicorn creatures of all kinds. It's been so long, I missed you. I've missed you too, Sam, so shall we on with it? Yeah. Okay. Well, the the Scalderina tea is that um, I recently just bought a a t-shirt from an Instagram site dealing with a very funny, if dark, joke about Pompeii burning from a volcano because I'm Italian and I just think that's so funny. So am I eating my words? We'll see, Sam. Now, what we were talking about right before we came back is that like, I have met beautiful souls from Instagram. I've met them in meet and greets, in Amethyst Journey Tour, and just traveling with Alaska. These amazing magical unicorn souls uplift my spirit and make me know that the world is going to be better as long as we all band together and we are supporting each other and our magical rainbow unicorn powers. And I know that seems a little Lisa Frank, but frankly, Lisa, we are going to do it. We're going to make the magic happen together. So, I mean, I've met beautiful people who become people I stay with in different cities all around the world. These are friends who I've taken photos with, and they are beautiful photographic artists. I mean, Sam, you must also have some stories about wonderful artists and people who you know from social media you connected with them at the human to human in real in real life flesh reality right yeah absolutely so i mean there's definitely a lot of people that i don't necessarily know through instagram but i definitely enjoy looking at their work my friend i have um trying to think of any in particular well of course handsome jeremy i follow him i do keep in track of him uh, Vlada MUA, I'm really a big fan of. She does beautiful like lip artwork. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I actually do like leather work myself, like fetish work. So I follow Reckless Byron on Instagram. They do some really cool clothing. Um, Slackworm Comics is my favorite comic strip. I follow them. There's like some really wonderful things on Instagram. Um, and even if you don't necessarily meet people through Instagram, you can still follow them and enjoy their work in um, an, an easy way to access it. So I do think that that's a really good aspect of social media is being able to keep up with artists and creators that you really enjoy their what they put out there. Yes. And as someone who is very grateful for each and every person who um, bothers to click follow on my Instagram, which is at handsome Jeremy 777. When people direct message me, if I see that the language is elevating and neither overly worshipful or overly creepy, I will say hi. I will say thank you. I will say, here's where I got that information about the spirituality thing or um, my work with Alaska. And it is a wonderful community building platform. So as I was saying, we're moving along to talking about community. And we're talking about the way that technology is and has been and can continue to be a way for us to actually persist, persevere as queer folks, as queer allies, as um, creatives and artists who want to build a true conscious community with one another. I think really in hindsight, that's what the kind of uh, the, the, the heart sinking frustration that was sort of the mood of the beginning of the episode is about. It's like, oh, there's so much distraction when we, I just want to sing you a song about how much I love you. you yeah, know? no, it's true. I mean, it's just so easy to get sucked into that world. And I, I think in this section, I part of what we want you to gather is that it's not all bad. I was telling Jeremy on the break that social media is not a zero sum game. It's not a take it or leave it. You can find balance. Um, it's just important not to get sucked into the shitty wormhole of just an overly advertised uh, world where it's just trying to sell you random shit that you don't need. Yeah. So there's two topics, Sam, and you can correct me if I'm wrong because I love the live. I love correcting you, Jeremy. Oh, my gosh. I love correcting you, too, Sam. Oh, correct me, Jeremy. Oh, no, I'm going to correct yeah, you so hard, Sam. Me. Bow, 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 bow. <laughs> One is that, like, because we have become so ocularly, right? Oculus meaning the eyes. Like the Oculus Rift? Yes. Aww. Um, that we, that we maybe, um, underestimate the power of our other senses. And I wanted to talk about the Sm queer are, are we gonna talk bent. Are we going to talk about smell, smell-o-vision now? Oh my God. I just want to talk about like what, what we have experienced in a way of the celebration of our and others queer sense and sen senses and sensibilities. You like what I did there, Sam? I guess so. Yeah. You don't even know what that's from, do you, Sam? Sense and Sensibilities? It's yeah. a book. Yeah. By yeah. who? I don't remember. But okay. it's also Crime and Punishment, I think. <laughs> right? Well, you're partially Slavic, so that, yes, Crime and Punishment is a romantic novel 
which probably is personally meaning for you. I'm you do so like. sorry. I know I should know the name of the female writer who is very famous for writing many, many books, all with basically two words in them and something in the middle, usually an and. Yes, um, Sam. But I'm really bad with names, so I just can't yeah. remember. Well, we forgive you here because this is a safe, loving, and forgiving space here. Don't come for me on my social media. <laughs> Don't send me death threats. Oh, my gosh. Do no. send me dick pics, though. Sure. Or um, any other lovely celebration of your beautiful self. Okay. So, yes, Jane Austen. But what is go. queer sensing and queer sensibility? is like... You know, Sam, we were talking about like how real it is doing a voice framed experience for folks. Like you were saying while editing, it's like, oh, that I sound really voice. gay. Yeah. But I also <laughs> feel like I sound really gay. This is such a thing, no, though. Right? So I'm editing this. You know, I've been editing the podcast. In case you guys don't know, I'm the editor and Jeremy's the talent. Oh, um, so, yeah, I mean, Jeremy has this like nice, deep sort of sultry voice. And here I am. And I just like sound like fucking Fran Drescher. So, yeah, please let me know if you think I'm the Delilah of podcasts because Ooh. I will do does it what is it called I ASMR a, I have a request yeah, what it's is called, it it's ASMR AS, if you want an ASMR just let us know uh, via the usual communicative uh, means and channels yeah we can rub things on the microphone Aww. but no like I used to play game show on the tape recorder back in the early 90s with my my brother and my sister what's, what's game show it was like i was it was like a jeopardy it was like it's a weird hybrid but like when we were bored but when we couldn't fall asleep at night but our parents all sent us to bed we all snuck into usually uh the girls bedrooms my sister natasha and my sister rachel um and we would i would get my tape recorder and we would just um record like whatever our gibberish of a game show was i would play the host i would ask questions you know it kind of be like a jeopardy thing but when we would play back everyone was just so chill and cool i'm like oh my god i sound so gay oh my god i sound so fake i am a fake gay what am i gonna do with my life i am a good christian boy why do i sound so gay it's like i didn't know what gay was but it was like fay fay i just sound that so fay and i was very um, upset about it. It's like it betrayed the voice inside your head. Is sounds perfectly dudish ish ish and normal. The the key word is the ish. Thank you, Samuel. Um, but the other thing is, my I do sound like the way my mom and my dad talk, but my dad never had. A, like a fayish or that that sort of like androgynous queer tone in his voice, but I do also sound like my mom, and my mom has a sort of a kind of fairy rounded out smooth tone in her voice. She has a very pleasant speaking voice, and so um, it was just a conundrum to me until uh, I decided I wanted to be a classical singer and went to school for voice, and I'm like. Oh, I'm going to be singing. I, I'm using my voice all the time. So this obsession with singers and voices. And then 
And then as I become more open with my queerness and more self-accepting, it's like, I have a fabulous voice. People want to hear me talk. People just want to hear me say words. And so now, welcome podcast. Sam, I like your voice. I think your voice is sexy. Oh my. Okay. Well, if you say so. <laughs> you know, I I think the, the voice thing is a journey that a lot of gay people are on, struggling with their voice. I came to the conclusion one day when someone said, oh, you sound gay. I said, well, guess what? I am gay. So I guess it's good that I sound gay now, isn't it? It's just consistent, right? It's you just know what? accurate. If I'm going to be gay, I might as well sound gay too to just fix all of the fucking confusion, right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that, that, was my, that was the end of my journey. <laughs> but I mean, historically, like whether it's the language we use or the tone of voice or the way our voices are, again, like if you try to talk differently or sing differently then your voice is pardon predisposed to that is not the truth and so much of the queer journey is um the truth is like the truth of our experience the truth of our gender journey the truth of our sensual and erotic and uh those experiences too so like if we're on the vanguard of of truthing as unique and beautiful individuals, then we need not be ashamed of our voices. We need not be ashamed of our smells and our body um, sizes and types and shapes. Like my, my one mantra is the healthy choice is the right choice. And sometimes a crazy choice is a learning curve, but the healthy choice can be the right choice. If you feel healthy, if you're feeling good, if you're sounding good, if you smell fabulous, if you smell like your pheromones, then why not? I think we need to appreciate and respect each other. And a way to do that is to not categorize how we should uh, sense one another. So on that note, Sam, I think of gay sensibility and I think of the way that the, both visual culture, literary culture, and how those mix in the world of fashion and uh, queer sensibility in this this word, this four-letter word, Sam, do you know what I'm going to say? I don't. Oh, I'm so glad that me- makes it more a surprise. Camp. 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 Camping. Is it camp, though? <laughs> Comma, though. Is it but, camp? Right? Like, like, when in the description I put, like, oh, this is going to be a sassy podcast because, like, I think sass is for especially queer people, but, of course, not exclusively. Anyone with a, a certain sense of unique humor and sass can contribute to um, how we uplift each other and also how we um, try to uh, compassionately critique each other through humor, through giving people a certain sassy perspective, also, and doing it consciously. I also think that another term that is relatable to sass is one that is very newly in the last decade in the very mainstream lexicon, which is reading. And I think that those two things are sort of synonymous with each other. You shouldn't have those boundaries with your friends about, you know, as long as things are understood and you don't Mm -hmm. cross any boundaries that 
don't need to be crossed um that you know you can read each other and be sassy and have banter and it's not a big deal it's not that deep well deep reading and deep shade also coming from specifically what we know in this past generation or two from the ball culture and of course Paris's burning or even a Cole Porter song, right, from the 1920s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Noel Coward, the British playwright who wrote uh, plays and musicals in the 60s, 50s, 40s, 30s, and the like. Oscar Wilde. Um, and of course, the amazing work of poets and literary sorceresses and magicians who in um, screenplays and novels and their poetry and their prose are creating this absolutely vivid, florid, floral, and impressive language. We are such word magicians in the queer world. And so the word becomes active through our voices, whether we do it improvisationally or whether we write and speak on a written record, right, Sam? So, like, yeah. this sensibility of us um, deshackling ourselves from cis heteronormative uh, language, from the grammar and syntax, and from the ways in which certain oppressive institutions use, you know, like the legal and medical world use Latin. And, but so. Ovid and, and Virgil and these strange poets from the early Mediterranean empires also welded Latin in a crazy, weird, magical, and sometimes filthy way. So like queers, queering language, and then using what we were talking about before, the unique tones of our queer voices, it's super beautiful, super um, a political, super transformative, and, I mean, all-around magical, Sam. Was what do it, you say? Was it you that I was having a conversation with about how Latin today is used by, like, elitists to create, like, this secret language that no one understands? Kind of, and yeah. then there's a history of that. But, you know, if you learn a little Latin, we have Duolingo, we have all these ways of, like... I know um, a little Yiddish. Oh, I know on peu français. A compé pour moi, s'il vous plaît. Camp for me, please. To camp for me, please. That's the way. Yeah, a compé pour moi, s'il vous plaît. Wow. Should our next episode be in French? A peut-être. I don't know any French. Oh, okay. Sorry about it. Well, I mean, I I go to French because. we can always talk about the weird relationships we have with certain languages moving us in a certain way and others being like, oh, oh, it's, it's, it's very weird for me. Speaking of weird, this yes. podcast is getting a little weird. <laughs> is it? Maybe we should, uh, we're almost at 40 minutes. Let's give our, maybe give our final thoughts on... Um, on playing around on with uh, technology, words. the goods, the bads, the ugly, the, the otherwise, sads, the otherwise. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining us. The in ups this and the wild, downs. Yeah. This the left and the right. Did I say womp or romp? I don't remember. Okay. Well, we'll just go with romp 
this wild romp about how the things that the uh, the technologies we have and the older technologies of simply the written and oral traditions we have as queer folks and those who support and ally and are curious of the queer ephemeral protean nature of things, we have the opportunity to really um, make a lot of evolution and a lot of fun and a lot of deep, profound, and fluttering topical inquiries into the power of sight and sound and language and uh, visibility and uh, transparency of all these strange, wild things. How many ways can we tell the truth? Myriad ways. So Sam, that I feel is my fabulous queer takeaway for this episode. Also, I just want the listeners to know how dedicated we are to filming this podcast. It's like 110 degrees in this room right filming? now. Filming? Is there a secret oh, visual element that I don't know about, Sam? I mean, recording this yeah. podcast. I'm sweating balls. See, that's it's the power so of the of of the ocular culture. You don't want to see what we're seeing right now. It's, a, it's I like, like a what I'm smelling, sweaty, though, Sam. Sweaty, sweaty sweat bath it is just the sweatiest well that's why we're gonna have ourselves some refreshing uh uh la curates and uh we're gonna talk about our uh public languages privately while this episode closes and we bid you adieu till next time oh my god i'm gonna miss you guys well i'm gonna miss you sam until the next episode i mean are you going to miss me yeah, oh. yeah, pretty much. Well, thanks. Okay, I'll miss you too. Aw, thanks, Sam. Okay, bye. Okay, bye, everyone. See you soon.